and again, I've been saying this line for a million years as a financial advisor, no one has a monopoly on all the good ideas. This is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Stike along with Luke Acri. And our guest today is Bruce Weinstein. After spending 30 years as a financial advisor and building a $100 million book of business, Bruce sold his practice in 2016. Then in late 2020, Bruce and his wife Robin launched a new business, Weinstein Wealth Insurance Solutions, focusing strictly on the insurance side of the financial planning. Bruce is joining us today to talk about the marketing and activities he successfully reactivated that helped him build his first business and how he's applying those efforts in his new business. Bruce, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Who wrote that? That's pretty good. Um, I won't say, but you. <laughs> Bruce, I love terrible it. Terrible at copywriting, but uh, that's pretty good. I love it. It is always so hilarious when people intro you onto like a podcast or on stage and stuff. You're just like, wow, I really wow, do sound better nice. than I really that, am. That guy sounds legit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just well, like let's, I planned it. let's talk about um, your story a little bit. Would love for you to introduce yourself to the audience, kind of share, obviously you spent many years as a financial advisor. And then what I love about your story is you just start it again, mm-hmm. right? And that idea of how do you start from scratch again? Um, but share with us a little bit of your story and then let's dive into how you've grown the business. Sure. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. We're happy to be here. So you and I have had talks offline about some of the sequences of what occurred. We don't have to get into all the laundry side of it. But <laughs> at the end of the day, we sold our practice in 2016. And after a couple of years of trying to figure out what else to do, how do you reinvent yourself? What do you want to do? It really kind of fell back, had the epiphany of, I'd rather be part of what I was doing than none of what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And being able to do the insurance work was still something that, you know, we could, we could get involved with and wanted to do. And, you know, we spent 30 plus years serving clients, Mm. helping clients, regardless of the size, uh, you know, of the client, we never had minimums. And so this was a way for us to really get back into helping and helping people solving their problems and educating them because, and if you thought investments were tangled, insurance is probably five times worse. <laughs> and so we we literally started from scratch, no former clients, and we resurrected relationships and just forged new ones and really dove in. At Really at the end of 2020, you mentioned open enrollment for health insurance ended. And then all of last year, we were just really all in. So talk about some of those, yeah, obviously moving to a new area, moving into a, into a new business then. What are some of the things, you mentioned uh, reconnecting with relationships. What are some of those other things that you did to start rebuilding that book of business, especially in a new space? Backstory, what we talk about the resurrecting is when I was in New Jersey, I now live in Florida. We moved here about eight years ago. In New Jersey, I had founded and ran my own networking mastermind culmination type of group Mm -hmm. that lasted even a year or two after I moved, the group was still going, but eventually it it kind of folded out. So that goes back like 20 years, like 2001 or so. And we we met twice a month for breakfast and kind of like your B&I, the tip, you know, style groups, but we elevated that value proposition. And we could talk more about, you know, some of those things that we do or did back then. And then as this played out, I started knocking back on the doors of those relationships and saying, look, I'm getting back into the business in this arena. Let's get some groups together. Let's start getting the conversation back on. And I relaunched my group 
And then I certainly got involved with other groups in similar fashion around the country, thanks to Zoom and, you know, the, the COVID, everything became Zoom, which gave me national access. Yeah, no, I've seen that transformation across a ton of different businesses in a lot of different industries. It's just Zoom has changed the game. You can literally work with clients almost anywhere. I would love, so it seems like you've built the business really driven from relationships, driven from referrals you're, you're getting or relationships you've had in the past that you re-engaged, but you had this specific niche of doing it through networking type events, like this mastermind. Can you walk us through what does it look like in terms of, is it other business owners in the group? Is it your clients, friends? Uh, just walk us through some of the details yeah. of what one of these groups looks like. Absolutely. And, and the groups are going to be personalized to the person that's building it and running it. And they're going to find their forte and strength of what they want to do. I, over time, evolved into different ways of marketing. I used to do a lot of retirement planning seminars and the networking group that I built was a piece of that. So to be clear, there's no one activity to ever just do. You yeah. need to be an octopus, as they've said, and do a lot of different activities or different groups. So the way I got my group started and the way I restarted my group was wanting to have a high level of intimacy. And by that, I mean... And again, I'm not disrespecting B&I. It's only a reference that people might know or the Chamber of Commerce that I'm part of down here is you're put into a room with strangers. Mm. You go to the chamber breakfast, there's 100 people. You go to a chamber lunch, there's 75 people. You go to a leads group and there's 20, 30 members. You go to B&I, 20, 30 members. Do you know any of them? Mm. Have they ever laid eyes on you? How long is it going to take you to build up that know, like, and trust factor to be able to now have a free flowing business relationship, right? So that's the, that's the stamp. Mm. What I did differently was I've got a 15 year relationship with Luke. I'm going to pose the idea of what this group is about, what we're trying to accomplish, what the mission is, would he like to be part of it? And I'm inviting him in. And we already had a connection on some levels. And so to your question, it was friends, colleagues, business associates, clients that I ultimately started with inviting. And some came, some didn't. And then once you get critical mass and you've got that 8, 10, 12 to go, then you get everybody to potentially bring in somebody from their circles. And all of a sudden you're at 25, right? But for me, I always had to do the heavy lifting. If I wasn't bringing in people regularly, you know, the other members didn't necessarily do so. Mm -hmm. And I shared this with you in, in some previous talk is it's, it's always industry exclusive, right? So there's not going to be another financial advisor, not going to be another CFP, not going to be another dry cleaner and a, you know, a, a handyman. You're going to have a mutually exclusive seat. So competition is, is eliminated, which is part of the mastermind side is you don't want to divulge your vulnerabilities to your competitor, right? right. So you keep in that integrity in place, but what I mentioned before is we don't take strays. I use the reference of think about these fancy country clubs, one of which is out by you guys in PA, is if you want to get membership to XYZ country club, Luke has to sponsor me as an existing member. Mm -hmm. If I get turned down, Luke gets kicked out. <laughs> That's Luke's crazy. not going to be yeah. just recommending every yeah. you know, guy coming down the street. 
right? Mm-hmm. And so if you treat the group membership the same way, it's like these, these seats are valuable, business is going to get done, but the mastermind problem-solving board of directors twist to it is you're getting these you know, I'm in the space over 30 years. My accountant's in his industry for over 40 years. You have a B2B CFO with 40 years. You're getting other people's walk of life and experiences to collaborate in the setting. So maybe a new business owner doesn't have 20, 30 years under their belt, can be able to get assistance, another pair of glasses to look at the situation, <laughs> help. And that's that's the collaboration side. And so if you don't have intimacy and you don't have trust and you don't have people willing to be vulnerable, you know, the group will get a little bit choppy. Yeah. So making sense. And yeah, that makes a hundred percent sense, especially from the standpoint of, cause I'm going to ask you like, who are you inviting to these groups, but inviting other business professionals that obviously aren't in a competitive space. How many different groups are you a part of, or are you running, whether it's a networking group or a mastermind group? I, I run my own. Okay. And then I'm, I'm in a couple of the chamber groups down here in South Florida in Boca and Delray. Okay. And then, I, and then I participate in several groups. One's called M3. And I have chapters in Philadelphia, Dallas, New York, Tampa, LA, Detroit. So they've got chapters around the country. Some were meeting in person and then COVID hit. And now they're all virtual. Hmm. So eight o'clock this morning, I'm on with the Tampa chapter. 25 or so members. Tomorrow I'll be, what's tomorrow, Wednesday? I'll be in Philly in the morning. Hmm. I'll be in New York City in the afternoon. So you're meeting people from different arenas. Some of us travel, meaning, you know, Luke and I are going to every meeting together sometimes because we're just uh, available from a time standpoint. But business is getting done. I'm meeting other, they're more entrepreneurs. There might be business coaches. There might be angel investors any walk of life are part of these groups and you have to kind of find where, you know, you fit and where you can give as well as get. And we'll talk about give and get in in a bit, but. We'll talk about the logistics then a little bit because I think people are always curious. They hear, um, you know, they hear, okay, this sounds like a great idea. I would love to do this. Tons of opportunity. How are you organizing? You said it's all virtual now. So are you meeting on a weekly basis? What's the format of the meeting? What are people expected to kind of come? Are you bringing like a topic each week? How does that whole thing play out? So it's a great question. It's A and B because it's going to depend on the group that you're part of. I can only run my group. The others, they kind of have their agenda and their platform, right? So um, this M3 group meets (laughs) weekly. So each one of those sessions are on my calendar pretty much on a regular basis. I try and make at least three three out of four a month per chapter, depending Mm -hmm. on travel and other conflicts, right? Um, But it blocks out a lot of time. Mm -hmm. My group meets twice a month. The chamber groups meet twice a month. So, you know, those are a little bit less time demanding. My group, I have a format where you, everybody does their 60-second commercial for one. I mean, that's pretty standard. And, and every group I'm in does that. We do showcasing where we'll have a spotlight or a member have a 15 to 20-minute segment to do a deeper dive on their business. Again, you got to keep in mind, I know everybody because I brought everybody in but not everybody knows Luke. Yep. So I've got to make sure that everybody else gets to know Luke as fast as possible. Yeah. Right. So I want to give Luke the floor to be able to get deeper in. And then the post takeaway of every meeting is let's do one-on-ones. We're going to meet 
for coffee, if it's local, if it's obviously Zoom, we'll, we'll, we'll do a set up a Zoom call and we'll do a one on one for, you know, an hour, whatever, 40 minutes and do a deeper dive on getting to know each other. Right. Because that's the intimacy. And then that level of trust. And you're going to say this guy's full of crap and I don't trust him <laughs> as far as I could throw him and I'm never going to work with them. Or I'm like, because ultimately, at least for me, I want to help others. Like that's just right. always kind of my thing, right? So the group is helping others, bringing in younger people and mentoring them, the clients you work with over the years. It's all about giving, right? And, and being selfless in that regard. So the group itself is to give others the opportunity and the platform and then ultimately the trust and intimacy just elevates to a point. I'm like, you know, as other members have said, like, I wouldn't use anybody else, but you, I just having trouble finding people, you know, at this time, but my group has no pressure, zero. The mandate is not that we're here for referrals. Do you want a larger presence on social media? Of course you do, because that's where your audience is. Check out Reminder Media's newest product, Branded Posts, specially designed to increase your presence on social media without increasing your effort. Choose from thousands of already written blog posts on topics your clients care about, like real estate, travel, and recipes. And the best part is, these are branded with your photo and contact information and ready to be shared. Plus, every two weeks, we'll send to your list of contacts a personally branded email newsletter filled with recipes, stories, and ideas that they will love to get. Visit ReminderMedia.com slash posts to see our newest digital product and start dominating your social media. That's ReminderMedia.com slash posts. Take action on this today. I was curious, like one of the things that's critical to these groups is obviously trust. And in order to build trust, you need a, a vulnerableness to be able to happen. But that, you know, has to happen through confidentiality. Um, now, do you guys have like a standard that you implement of confidentiality? I'm part of a networking group called YPO. And obviously that's highly confidential and the stuff that's shared, you get kicked out of the group. Also attendance, like if you, you're allowed one miss the whole year, if you get missed a second time, doesn't matter what, you get kicked out and you have to be voted. Yeah, you have to be voted back in. Um, if people okay. want to let you back in. So they've kind of set it up that way that it's a it's a pretty hefty fee to get into the group, then right. confidentiality. And then if you miss more than one, doesn't matter for whatever, it doesn't matter. You miss more than one, you're kicked out. Like, it, have you found stuff like that works? Do you implement any uh, of that type of stuff? Uh, not to that severity. <laughs> okay, so it's a cult uh, I'm a part of. I'm pretty, part of a cult. pretty no. big <laughs> one and done. Um, you know, the... Again, I can speak to my group and I can speak to the experiences of the groups that I've been in, yeah. in uh, participating in. So the, the M3 format has no attendance requirements per okay. se. They're, they're running a little bit differently. It's not the same MO. It's not like, it, you know, it's not branded as a so-called networking referral group. It's, it's an entrepreneurial group, you know, to work together and collaborate. So if you're not there, then nobody's going to know you, get to know you, and you're the one who's going to lose. So what are you getting out of it? Right. The, cham the chambers have instituted, and it's a struggle because the leads group is a subset of the chamber. The chamber dues are a lot more than the leads group dues. Hmm. So they, they want the chamber dues, and then you pay a little bit more to be in the leads group. But it's not punitive enough that if nobody goes, like I'm only giving up that $100 a year for the leads group. So there, there's not a heavy price to pay if you got kicked out uh, financially. And 
they're going to be a little bit looser because they don't want you leaving the chamber, which they're making five or $800 on, right? So every group's going to be a little bit different. And then in regards to my group, you know, we would have conversations. We would put people on probation. Uh, back in New Jersey, the group that I had, somebody had a bad experience with another member and it was taken offline and it was discussed and it seemed like more people were having issues with this person. And we eventually asked him to step down and then found somebody else for that seat. So, But that's you know, powerful, that's, meaning like um, when you take serious and you put a level of credential or exclusivity on the group, not from a hoity-toity-ness or not allowing people in, but from an act, actual, like there's value here. Like this, this is valuable. We're here. We're all serious. I think that's the power of a mastermind is getting like-minded people, different correct. in thought, but like-minded in vision or passion of growing together. I would tell people, I think the key to like the networking group that you get is there's power and proximity. Like when you get in proximity with successful people that have a like mindset as you, it elevates your business. It elevates your mindset. Ultimately, your growth starts happening. I have found that every single time. And in fact, a lot of successful people say they look back and they go, man, I wish I would have gone to more conferences. I wish I would have paid. Grant Cardone says, if you can't afford to be in the room, ask if you can serve water. Like meaning if you can get in proximity, right, right, with these people, then you'll elevate naturally because you become the sum of like the five or six people you're closest to. So you're part of six different groups, right, or so, maybe more, right? Maybe so that's more. that's a lot, right? You're paying a lot <laughs> of those dues. And I'm being invited into others all the time, which yeah. leads to a danger zone, which is you're going to get stretched too thin. Yeah, And if, if, if I'm in six groups with six mortgage brokers, how am I giving business potentially if they're referral groups to six mortgage brokers, right? Now, if one's in Arizona and one's in Nashville and one's in Boca, that's a little bit different because at least jurisdiction wise, I have different markets to help and find. But if I've got six mortgage brokers in Boca, Delray, Palm Beach County, like I can't feed them enough. Right. And for me, giving is my mantra. And so, and we, again, we'll, we'll elaborate on this is giving comes in different ways. One is the direct line of business, right? Uh, I've got three financial advisors to sign up for your magazine. And that's going to be immediate business that you guys can start to do because they're going to buy a thousand issues a year, right? right. That's like direct business. You can, hey, right. that was a good referral, yeah. right? <laughs> but the other side of it, and this is what I promote more as the backbone is I've got a Rolodex. I'm not going to promise you a million leads for direct business as referrals, but I know a lot of people after 35 years in business. Tell me what you're looking for. Who can I find that would be that next step for you that might get you into a thousand financial advisor brokerage firm that now opens up all those people for remind the media to come in and now get just like you guys come to these speaking events, right? Yep. The SWATs and 8% or whatever is like, now you're getting in front of a bigger audience, right? So if I have that audience for you, is that more valuable than just getting you a, you know, one contract? Yeah. A hundred percent. We see the power of it. Like the podcast is a mini networking group in a way. Like we yeah. get to network with you, the Bruce's of the world which are connected to a ton of other people. We get to build relationship in our calls back and forth and in our interviews. So it's the same type of concept. Walk me through kind of how do you, like if you're a new person going into a networking group, 
How do you get leads? Like, how do you, how should you work it? You're talking about giving, like, how should they approach it when they show up? And, and like, is it give your pitch, right? Because everybody gets that 60 second commercial. Is it going and being proactive and shaking hands with everybody, telling everybody what you do? Is it like, walk me through some guidance on what do I do when I start this group to make it the most effective to get leads ultimately? Uh, it, certainly a great question. Think of networking and these types of groups of any kind of dating. If I'm going on a blind date, do I want to ask her to marry me by the uh, by the time dessert and coffee's coming? <laughs> Depends on how the or, date went, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you know, how desperate you are. Depends if you're in Vegas or not. You know, Robin's down there listening. So yeah, so of course I proposed after the first one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and she said yes to the dress. It was beautiful. Um, but seriously, in in the regard. It's getting to know, like, and trust. And so that first interaction's got to be built up into more. So it's not going to be immediate. It should have a natural course of let's meet for lunch. Yep. Let, 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 let's go, you know, let, let me connect you with the CPA and I'll, you know, we'll take them out to lunch and get to know them. And, and then I said earlier, it's give to get. I'm a giver. So I'm going to either have a relationship for you, meaning a, a potential client of like, hey, you know, I know three financial advisors, right? So I may not have an immediate deal, but at least when I was running my New Jersey group and I was interviewing potential people for my group or just doing my yeah. connections with them, I don't have it as much anymore, but I used to have a card caddy, like a literal binder of people's business cards. So when you gave me your card, I asked for a couple of them. And so I had two, three, four cards for each individual. So now as I'm listening and talking to them over the coffee or the lunch, I'm thinking about who's a good fit for them. Who should I be introducing them? And so by the end of the meeting, I'm going to go, Luke, here's three cards. You can call every one of those people and use my name. And I think they can help you blank, blank, and blank, whatever it is. So smart. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, it's like, it's so smart. And all the people who've gotten to me, that's how they've gotten to me. Uh, so I, I've often talked about Keith Wilson, my insurance salesman, right? That does insurance for the company and all that good stuff. He got to me mainly because he was just such a great connector. So he connected himself to me, but then he just kept connecting me to people. More and more people that he thought I should know, that he thought, hey, these people, you could help them or they could help you. And he just constantly was giving of that Rolodex. And there's power in that because it triggers that reciprocity. When people constantly give to you, you cannot help but feel an obligation to reciprocate. You just can't help it. A thousand percent accurate. So, And if they don't, and if they don't, and you have that conversation... Here's that balance sheet. Yeah. Yep. Right. Hundred percent. If we don't start balancing it out a little bit, I'm going to find somebody else. Yep. Right. You have that power to then throw that gauntlet down after a point in time of like, well, just not, just not getting from you in some capacity. What's what's the challenge? Is anything yep. we can fix? Because I feel like I've been giving you fair opportunities. What am I doing wrong? So you have that coming to Jesus conversation, and then you part ways and find somebody else if they're not. A capable of uh, fixing it. 
Yeah. I have one other question for you. If you were like, kind of speak to the the listener, right? The real estate agent, the financial advisor, the insurance agent, someone that's not part of these networking groups. And let's say they don't know someone that can refer them in. How does someone get started? Where do they go? Obviously, you've got, you can Google it. What can you Google to start finding these opportunities to join these groups? So you, you, you mentioned something that is the first level of problem. Financial advisor, insurance agent, realtor, mortgage broker, these are like the key seats in any group. Hmm. Statistically, you're going to have a tough time finding an existing group to get in. Hmm. And if you can get in, you have to find out why the seat was vacated. Did the person move? Did they die? They left the business? Because if the group's not supporting them, then why do you want to walk into their you know, bad group. Great. Right. So, so that's, again, as I speak on this at at events like SWAT or not SWAT 8% and whatever, like, this is what I talk about. So is you have to understand going in, you're going to have a tough time getting that seat from the perspective of our business. So if you were to go to BNI and you say, look, I live in this area and I can't find a financial advisor, I can't find a life and health agency. They're going to tell you, go start your own group and help you build that out. And the first thing I'm going to tell you is go get eight to 10 of your friends or colleagues and we'll launch a group for you. Problem is you're paying dues to B&I. They're giving you support and infrastructure, but it's theirs. It's not yours. Mm -hmm. They're just a conduit. There are franchises out there. I'm in something called Network Lead Exchange. I've heard of one called NIA. I'm being asked to join something called The Networking Group. Obviously, I'm in the M3. They all have formats. Some of them have very unique software uh, and applications, you know, websites, whatever, where you can engage with the members through their software. So it's elevated. The game of technology is elevated this beyond just meeting at a diner for, you know, a cup of coffee. Um, I love it. Like to me, I go, when I think of like a subset of business that it ultimately, um, catapults the business, what I've found is it it tends to be the other business relationships and the partnerships you can form. As we've grown Reminder Media, I've noticed in our just trajectory, we grew this business grassroots, kind of like politics, how you you know win an election. It's literally shaking hands, hand-to-hand, going to town halls. We've been on the phone talking one-on-one. We're starting to see more and more, hey, as we start to network, so you mentioned 8%, as we start to build a relationship with Cody Askins more and start to get more involved with him, you start seeing almost tenfold results from being able to build these other business relationships that are like-minded, synergistic, non-competitive. And not only do you have, you know, the business advantage or the business um, potential, but even more than that, I am just such a firm believer that what's going to grow your business really starts with your mindset. And one of the really powerful things that you get out of these networking groups is that mindset is literally the challenge. Every time that you get to come and you get to present for 15 minutes on a deep dive, here's the struggle that I'm having in my business. And you get to talk to Bruce who has 30 years in growing his own business just to get his perspective. That alone is so powerful that each of you should be challenged when you're listening to this going, how do I get part of a group? where I can actually go once a month with like-minded individuals who are trying to grow, who are trying to challenge ourselves, because if we fix our mindset, everything else tends to flow uh, from there. So I think that's just a powerful, powerful advantage you get when you're part of a networking group. 
and, and I'm sure you've heard the uh, the phrase, if you're the smartest one in the room, get in another room. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if you want to grow and be challenged, you got to put yourself and elevate the people you put yourself around, which ties to your 8% and, yep. and the conferences and being with those like-minded because, and again, I've been saying this line for a million years as a financial advisor, no one has a monopoly on all the good ideas. Mm. Like, I, you know, we, do you want to hear what I have, you know, to offer? Cause yeah, Merrill Lynch is going to say this and UBS is going to say that, but you know, we have something over here too. You know, you want to hear it. So um, oh, what a great line. What a great line. I love that. Oh, yeah. Was that your closing line when you were building the financial advising business? Uh, <laughs> 1988, probably. Yeah. <laughs> hey, not to shock you, but 1988 was the year I was born. Uh, well, that's kind of why I said it. <laughs> I go up to people at these conferences. I'm like, I'm licensed longer than you've been alive. Like, it's, it's, like, it's scary, but I love it. But I love um, that. It's like, it's like Marilyn Lynch is going to tell you one thing. Maureen Stanley is going to tell you another. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you my perspective. There's not a monopoly on good ideas. I love that, man. That's so great. Look, insurance is boring. Insurance is commoditized. But, you know, there's only so many ways to attack and solve the problem. Sure. And so, you know, you can do this or you can do this. It's not like there's 50 things and I can't create something customized, right? It's just kind of, if this is what all states offering, that's what they're offering. And you want to compare that to state farm and farmers? Yeah. Okay. You know, like, but that's it. The other side of conversation, strategic planning, you know, your goals are your goals. So as a financial advisor, everything is customized and tailored. Somebody wants to retire at 57 is different than somebody wants to retire at 67. What do you need to have happen? What's your journey like? Mm. Right. And so that's the customizing and that's the conversation. That was always a strength of mine. I was going to say a minute ago, one of my taglines is I have nothing to sell, just problems to solve. Mm. And what, and what I love about my masterminding style networking group is we're problem solving. If you're going to bring something to the group, that's what gets me going. That's the challenge to think about how can we do this better? How can we give Luke those answers in his struggles in his business? And then the CPA has something to add and the CFO has something to add. And this one in the real estate space for 30 you know, years has something to add. And all of a sudden, the conversation is just elevated. Mm, that's and awesome. And the person who had the problem has 10 sets of eyes looking at it, totally, you know, different perspective. That's so good. That's fantastic. But that's always been my personal strengths and forte is to just solve problems. No, that's clear. Tell me what's going on and let's figure out what we can do to fix it. Awesome, Bruce. No, thank you so much for coming on here, sharing all of your knowledge and experience with running those networking groups and how to get involved with that. Before we close out, let people know how they can connect with you. I know you've got a podcast coming out soon, right? So you want to plug that and how people can follow you. We're ramping up. It's uh, called Ask the Plan Man. We're going to be basically talking so that my backstory line is all the things you want to know about finance, insurance, and investments, but we're afraid to ask. Now, that's an age based. Uh, reference. You guys are too young, but there was a book in the 70s, everything you wanted to know about, but we're afraid to ask, which was taboo, right? So we're kind of taking that and we're going to have an open platform where people are going to bring us questions or challenges. Maybe they'll come on air with us and record, but we want to give people kind of that free space, non-judgmental, be vulnerable, Tell us what's going on. Maybe you didn't know where to ask. You didn't know who to go to. You didn't have a trusted advisor. And we're going to see if we can help either myself or other people collaborating uh, as guests in that space and 
try and help people with their problems and plan the plan man, plan better. Cool. And so uh, you can text plan man to 21,000 to get our virtual or digital business card. And we'll be launching the podcast soon. And that's awesome. If I may, you go to weinsteinwealth.com. You can call 1-844-PLAN-MAN. There's a million ways to find Dude, us. Dude, I love it. I love, I love the it. plan, yeah. man. Yeah, it's so good. Cool. I resurrected the plan, man. I brought that back <laughs> last month. Yeah, Bruce, I, man, thank you again so much that. for coming on. Thank you all so much for listening. You can dive deeper into this episode, get the show notes and all of those links uh, that Bruce mentioned, including that text message to get on his list there. And while there, you can get the videos of our episodes as well. If you enjoyed this episode and want to show your support, first way is to head on over to Apple Podcasts, drop a five-star review along with a comment. We'll read it here on the show. And the best way to help out the show is to tell a friend about this, share on your social media, share with your colleagues, people that need to hear this, that need to get into those networking groups and start building their business. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us, podcast at remindermedia.com. And of course, you can follow us on Instagram. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Syke. Guys, and I'm Luke Acre. And remember, there's power in proximity. I think the action item from this is really obvious is you need to get yourself in some type of networking group. You need to get yourself around people who have a passion for growing their business, who are trying to you know, push their business forward, trying to solve problems, trying to give. Get yourself part of a network like that. Not only... Will you grow your mindset? Will you help, you know, solve some problems maybe you're facing? But then it will also grow your business because there's referrals that flow from that because you'll get people to know, like, and trust you and they will want to help you. Remember, the difference between top producers and mediocre producers in every single industry is top producers take action. Take action on that today. 